On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. The latest homelessness figures showed that there were over 11,600 people uh, without permanent accommodation and living in some sort of emergency accommodation at the end of December last year. That is despite there being a temporary ban on any evictions from private property in most circumstances, at least up until the end of March. Now, the Labour Party tabled a motion in the Dáil last week, which is due to be voted on this coming Wednesday, which, among other things, proposes that the moratorium be extended until the end of 2023. Labour Party's leader, Ivana Batchik, is with us on the phone. Ivana, thank you for joining us this lunchtime. You might start by outlining exactly what else is contained within your motion that TDs will be voting on next Wednesday. Well, we in Labour brought forward a motion in the Dáil during the week uh, calling on the government to introduce a series of emergency housing measures. And that was the title we put on the motion. We're very conscious that there is a, a really severe and chronic shortage of housing, uh, that this is impacting hugely on people across the country. We're particularly conscious that the December figures on homelessness showed us that 11,632 people are now homeless. That is a record number of, of people in emergency housing, and that includes 3,442 children, over 3,000 children, a, a shocking figure in 2023. And I think we're all conscious that that itself is a low figure uh, it does not reflecting the true numbers of those in housing insecurity. For example, those who are still at home living with their parents, and we know that 40% of employees who are under 35 are still living with their parents. We know that there are many people couch surfing and many people facing an eviction ban once the government's winter ban expires in April. So, you know, my own office hears every day from people who are in housing insecurity, and, and it's simply untenable. So we've called on the government to implement a series of eight emergency measures, which we say would alleviate, at least in the short term, pressures on housing. For example, the extension of the current temporary eviction ban until the end of the year. And in addition to that, a really serious ramping up of the tenant in situ scheme, which is a scheme where councils can buy a house from a landlord who wishes to sell rather than uh, seeing the, the family within the house being evicted. So, mm. you know, there's a series of things that we're calling government to do. And we were very disappointed, I have to say, that the government put forward an amendment to our motion. And that's why, as you said, Gavin, the motion is now going to have to be yeah. voted on next week. We had hoped government might engage with us constructively, uh, speak with us about, for example, taking on board some of the measures we've proposed and that we could then move to a position where there's no need for a mm. vote. Because there is an urgency, such an urgency to this, and we need to approach this in a constructive cross-party manner. Yeah. We've proposed what we say are constructive remedies, some of which government has already yeah. agreed in principle, you know, such as our renters' rights bill. Sure. Uh, but, you know, so, so I think everyone knows that, some, that urgent measures need to be taken to address the chronic short, shortage of housing. You know, and some of the things we've proposed are utterly, well, all our proposals are utterly reasonable, but some of them are measures that the government themselves have agreed, okay. to, such as the tenant in situ scheme. Um, well, obviously, we don't have a government representative to, to hear uh, to respond to that, but I'm sure they would say that they they are doing everything that they can and that there are certain elements of what you've proposed that they may take on board, but that they're not prepared to have the dole commit to anything right now. Um, one of the ones that you did say is to extend the current uh, temporary ban on evictions until the end of the year. Um, if you were to extend that to the end of the year, wouldn't you get into a situation where basically you'd find it very difficult ever to repeal that ban and that you'd end up having a total moratorium on evictions um, indefinitely? No, I think we're all very conscious that this is, this would be a temporary emergency measure that within under the constitution there would have to be a proportionality to it. I think there is a really serious case to be made for extending the ban beyond the current term and indeed the government themselves I think many members have acknowledged the need for that that it's too much of a cliff edge to see uh, the ban simply expiring at the 1st of April and we will see unfortunately a deluge of evictions at that point if 
some action is not taken to address it. <clears throat> also to say, Gavin, that we're not calling on this on this for this measure to be introduced just for itself. It would also buy the government, we believe, really significant breathing space to adopt a series of other measures, such as, as I've said, you know, ramping up that tenant in situ scheme, that scheme enabling and empowering councils to buy vacant properties from landlords who wish, sorry, to buy occupied properties mm. from landlords who wish to sell. In other words, you know, that the landlord wouldn't then have to evict a tenant in order to sell on because the local authority would take them on. I should say I heard this week from uh, one landlord who tells me that he's very keen to, to sell to his local authority in order to keep the family that are renting from him in their home, but the local authority is simply refusing to engage with him. Now, that's shocking. And but, again, but, is, but is that it, something that the government, central government can manage? Because we even saw last year, and this has been the matter of great controversy, the fact that the government allocated around €1 billion Euro in capital spending for housing to go through local authorities, which wasn't spent. And, and you can only surmise that that's because there is some, some regulatory burden along the way that is preventing local authorities from doing it. But it's not for the want of money. Exactly that. It is not for want of money. And I and other opposition figures have been highly critical of that, of that shortfall in spending. The fact that government are putting money, are saying they're giving money to local authorities and it's not being spent. And similarly, the government are saying, well, local authorities have the power to buy houses back, and yet they're not doing it. You, you know, mm, it but it, but it's, it's possible that, that could be true, back. that it is up to well, local authorities. Well, let's put it this way. It's up to government to ensure that local authorities will do, uh, will, will carry out the policies that government says they're implementing. Government, you know, the government are in government. They can't step back from this as a bystander and say, well, the councils aren't doing the work they're doing. I'm hearing from local council officials their frustration at bureaucratic requirements imposed by central government, which central government could uh, could remove. I'm hearing that uh, there's no directive and no consistency in directive on the tenant in situ scheme, that some councils are operating it very effectively, but some, like my the landlord who approached me in his experience, some are simply not doing so. So I think the central government needs to take responsibility for this. And the Minister for Housing has simply, you know, when I've put it to him about the tenant in situ scheme, for example, he's, he's suggested to me that local authorities are, out there, are allowed to do this. But, you know, local authorities need a clearer direction and clearer uh, guidelines for consistency in approach to this. And that's just one measure which government could do. I mean, we've seen in the recent weeks government's own appointed uh, housing commission saying that the government's housing targets are far too low. We need to increase national housing targets yeah. and we need to ensure the, ra- the rapid beginning of an emergency public house building programme. You know, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think there's a, there's, there are quite a number of things government could be stepping up and doing a lot more of. You know, a lot of the opposition are trying to approach this constructively, trying to put to government the sort of measures that could really make a difference so many people priced out of affordable homes, priced out of affordable rental, simply with nowhere to go. And we're all very fearful there will be a rush of evictions and further numbers entering homelessness in April if government doesn't move fast. Yeah. Um, Dara O'Brien wasn't um, in the Dole Chamber on Thursday evening when you had your debate uh, on, on this motion, which, as I say, is going to be voted upon uh, next Wednesday night. Uh, Malcolm Noonan, the junior minister, was there uh, in his place and he outlined um, that the winter eviction ban had been introduced, but he does, the, the government didn't take those measures lightly or without fully considering their potential impact. A responsible government wouldn't have the luxury of doing so. He said the winter evictions ban is a short-term emergency measure and it allows time for increased housing supply to come on stream and to reduce the burden on homelessness services and the pressure on tenants and the residential tenancies market. So they're not committing at this point to extending the moratorium beyond the 1st of April. To your mind, are we just going to be looking at absolute chaos in the rental market then come 1st of April where you're going to have a backlog of evictions and no new properties coming up for those people to move into? 
Well, first, it was very disappointing that Minister Dara O'Brien didn't come into the chamber himself to take the housing motion, a motion that was, you know, on the most serious economic and social issue facing the country. So that was disappointing. Uh, certainly, uh, the junior ministers who took the debate did refer to, you know, the, all the different considerations that need to be applied in, in deciding whether to extend the ban. And I absolutely accept mm. that. This is not something that could, should be done lightly. But we're all conscious, as I said, of that cliff edge facing so many families and households currently in home housing insecurity because they're facing eviction notices that will come into effect after the ban expires. I think the government will have to consider very seriously how they're going to address this. And, you know, the current ban certainly has not been sufficiently, uh, has not been used sufficiently effectively by government. They should have used the months we've had when the ban was in place to bring forward a much higher number of of, of uh, homes, first of all, and indeed of measures to assist families and facing homelessness. Mm. But, if, 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 but if you don't think they've done that up until now, then how could you be assured that if you extended the evictions ban for another nine months, that that would also uh, allow for enough time for sufficient remedies to be put in place? Well, that's certainly a concern. It is a real concern. You know, we just haven't seen the sort of Neffet COVID-style response applied by government to the housing crisis that should have been applied uh, some years ago now. And indeed, we've had seven wasted years of prosperity when Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael should have engaged in the house building programme and did not do so. And of course, that's, you know, that's the failure of that is what we're reaping now. But I certainly think with, a, with sufficient pressure from opposition and from constituents around the country, we could see some more time uh, being usefully used by government over coming months to ramp up the sort of measures we've called for. And, you know, we're anxious to work with government to do this. We want to see, we want to see the housing disaster solved. We want to, you know, I'm representing a constituency where 44% of households in Dublin Bay South are in rental properties. I'm hearing every day the misery of people and, and the distress caused to so many who simply cannot find accommodation. And I suppose, Gavin, when you talk about, you know, a chaotic rental market when the eviction ban ends, it's already pretty, it's a pretty, pretty awful one. You know, I just looked this week and, and you know, one property that went up in my own constituency and after that, I 9,000 views by the end of the day. People are desperate for accommodation and it's simply not available. Mm. So we do need to see government engaging seriously with us in opposition in order to bring forward measures that will be effective in targeting supply. Briefly, Vanna, before I let you go, we're about to have a discussion after the break about the redrawal of the Dáil boundaries and whether there in fact should be the creation of another 12 or 14 seats in Dáil Air. And is that anything you have some thoughts on? Well, I'll certainly be looking very carefully at any proposals that come forward. And of course, we in Labour will be making our own submission to the uh, constituency review, which is currently underway and the public consultation underway from the Electoral Commission, which is very welcome. I do think, however, that in the decade since uh, uh, since our, our Republic was established, uh, we've seen the constitutional provisions on all representation work effectively. I believe, I think our system of PRFTV, multi-seat constituencies, is a is a truly democratic one, and I think that uh, you know, I think that it would have to any tampering with the current mm. uh, current uh, provisions in the constitution for dual representation would have to be considered very carefully to make sure there are no unforeseen conflicts. Okay. So, so leave well alone for the time being. I, well, we certainly review it. It's certainly of, of interest to, to me hugely to mm. see what proposals might be useful in terms of constitutional reform. And I would say this: I've always argued for Shannad reform, and I do believe you know the Shannad does need makeup of the Shannon can be reformed through legislation mm. um, without the need for constitutional change there. And in fact, in Labour, we put forward a very strong submission on that to the to Morris Manning's review of, of, uh, of Shannon's arrangement. So I'd like mm. to see that done. On the Dáil reform, I think, again, we just need to look again at, at, at any measures that might have any 
uh, I suppose, you know, negative impact on the yeah. democratic representation within our, our parliament. Uh, Ivana Bacic, the Labour Party TD for Dublin Bay South and leader of the party, thank you very much for joining us. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.